Like many of the vendors that we're working with at the Goddess Mercado, I don't come from generational wealth. And when I founded the Goddess Mercado, I encountered many challenges, like the vendors that are part of us, from lack of capital to working in unwelcoming and unsafe spaces. Most of the vendors that I recruited were friends of mine, friends that I've made throughout my entrepreneurial journey in other spaces and other journeys. And not only have I been able to keep in contact with my old friends, but I've also made a lot of new friends. Our market space has attractive, an abundant number of creatives and visionaries, lovers of life. And one of them is my next guest, Danelia Arechiga. Danelia is a birth worker. She is an embodied healer. She's a poet an entertainer, a musician, a performer. She is like a diamond, multifaceted, and has contributed so much love and joy and inspiration to our mercados. And I love her sex appeal. I love her presence. I love her stature. I love her family. And I'm so grateful to Goddess that she is part of our very beautiful, loving, and growing community, Danelia. Welcome to the Goddess Mercado, you fashionista activista. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, tears. Tears so, of joy. What I wanted to share was like, I didn't know you very well because you come in and you perform and you, 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 you present your music with the corner house and with your own solo show. But because you've been, you know, a presence at every single market, you know, a lot of us are talking about you. I'm hearing stories about you, about your magic, about how inspirational you are. And because you have also included me in your spaces, you know, now I'm a loyal follower and, and, and a great supporter of your work and how you're putting yourself out there and empowering the rest of us goddesses. So I thank you for being here. I thank you for coming for supporting us, first of all, at the Mercados with your beautiful talent and for being here and, and sharing your journey. Thank you so much. Now, with that, I want to go ahead and ask you, you know, we all know you're a hard worker. Look at all these titles that you have. Look at everything you've done. And I know that's, that's a lot of work and it comes from a deep place in your heart. So I want to ask you, you know, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey because you are an entrepreneur you know, but using the creative arts and, and share with us a little bit about you. Yeah. Well, I actually started my entrepreneurial journey about 10 years ago after the birth of my daughter. Um, I was a young mother, young, unpartnered parent, um, 21 years old. And I, uh, I was in my fourth year of college and I had done four years of college and had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do with my life still. Um, I was going to Cal State Long Beach and I kept changing my major every mm -hmm. semester because I just couldn't, I couldn't commit to just one thing. You know, I should have known then that I was the multidimensional mommy then. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But um, I got pregnant and, you know, unexpectedly and it really forced me to make a decision and really that decision was to follow my heart. And so I chose to be a parent. How beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like knowing that I would have to do it unpartnered. So I say unpartnered rather than single because even though I'm not 
part of a partnership. Um, I don't parent alone. I have a community behind me. I That's have right. my family. I have people that come through for us constantly when I need help and when I need support. So I want to make that distinction. That is awesome. Oh, you gave me chills. I never <laughs> thought of it that way. That's yeah. powerful. Yeah. And so um, I, I felt really empowered once I made that decision because at the time I had been praying and hoping for something to change in my life. I knew that I was destined for something greater than what I had come from. You know, I knew that I was the, the one in my family to change things. I just didn't know how. And so when I became a parent, I stepped into that role whole, wholeheartedly and I started taking classes and empowering myself to make it the best experience that I could. And what happened was I got really invested in how much, how little I knew about giving birth, about being a parent. And what I really wasn't prepared for was how I would be faced with my own traumas and my own need to heal bringing a new child into the world, you know, because when we become parents, we're faced with our own childhoods. It's like, <laughs> it's an instant check yourself, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, very humbling, right? It's like, it kind of puts you in, in your place to evaluate, like, what was it like for me to be a child, you know, and how can I create a better situation for my child? So um, I got really inspired to help other pregnant people feel empowered, feel excited, feel good about giving birth, less rather than feeling fear. And um, I became a birth doula and a childbirth educator. And so I attended my first birth um, when Corey was four months old. So really quick, because there are people in the community that don't know what a birth doula is. You mind sharing with us what that entails? Yeah. So a birth doula is basically a an emotional and educational support person that you hire when you're pregnant to hold space for you and your family, to help answer questions, to help navigate the birth process in a way that feels empowering and that feels good rather than feeling like, okay, I'm pregnant, I'm going to go to the hospital and they're going to do things to me. You know, yeah. we're there to kind of empower you to advocate for yourself, to speak up for yourself, to ask questions and to help guide those questions so that you feel good about what's the, the process that your birth takes. So it's not scary. Yeah. Because it's really scary. It was scary for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and also just because a lot of, you know, people in our communities, like, there's other places and other ways to give birth. Some people give birth at home, you know, some people give birth in birth centers. But the reality is most of us can't afford to hire a private midwife and give birth at a birth center. So we end up giving birth in the hospital and then we feel like we don't have options. But the doula is there to help remind you like, no, this is your body. Nobody can do anything to your body that you don't allow. That's right. But we have to, we need that reminder sometimes. So that's what I started to do, and that's where my business started. But since then, it's evolved. So I'm sure we'll talk more about that yeah. as we go. So something, and, and I know you don't mind me sharing this, but something that that made me feel like loving you even more is what you know. one of the vendors shared with me. They told me that you were a surrogate. Mm -hmm. And I have a dear friend who's a surrogate, and I was part of her whole process, the journey, and learning how her body is a vessel that brings joy, that gives love to others. I was blown away, you know, aside from you being the poet, the entertainer, you know, the, you know, 
performing and, and, and giving us so much love that you're doing this for the families. I thought that was so powerful. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So a surrogate is um, essentially somebody that carries the baby for someone else, right? Um, in this case, another way to call it is a gestational carrier. So I want to preface with that because sometimes people think like, oh, a surrogate, does that mean that like there's a baby running around with your DNA? But no, in this case, it was their sperm, their egg. They just placed it in my womb. That's fascinating, <laughs> right? That's incredible. Yeah. So the reason I got into that situation was because um, my sister actually works in the fertility industry. She's been doing it for quite a few years. And this couple in particular had been struggling to get pregnant for a long time. And they were finally able to create embryos, but they had exhausted a lot of their funds. And so they were looking for someone to kind of help them out with the surrogacy. Um, that said, that doesn't mean I did it for free. <laughs> um, but I just didn't, I didn't require a lot of of money to do it. I, I really just out of the kindness of my heart wanted to help them and found myself in a situation to be able to. So so yeah, we entered into this process together. It took about two years to go through like screening and making sure my body was healthy enough to handle the surrogacy and then um, you know, the pregnancy itself and the and the birth, which turned out to be really wonderful and really beautiful and now they have their beautiful baby girl so. that's amazing yeah and you said you did this out of the kindness of your heart and the power of your body yes. and actually the grandest of your heart because it you know it takes a lot yeah. to actually put your body through that for somebody else absolutely and also i think my background in birth work absolutely helped because through my work through experiencing going to birth with other people and seeing all the ranges of outcomes that it could be there isn't a part of there isn't fear in me when it comes to birth i i've really developed this philosophy on birth that um that we're really equipped with everything we need to do well you know but it's the the paralyzing fear that we all carry because of what we see in the movies what we hear in the news what we you know what what, what we don't know essentially um that kind of creates more fear for people. So I was also in a position to feel confident about it and to be excited about it and to look forward to it. it, it it's obvious. And also because I'm following you, I follow your page and, you know, I know you have healing circles and, you know, you're surrounded by all these magical women. I can tell that this really inspired you. In fact, you know, your last song that you wrote that brought me to tears. <laughs> You know, it has to do with that, right? You want to tell us a little bit about your writing and your musical journey as well? Yeah. So um, so something else that I really became passionate about after becoming a parent and working with families with the birth of their children is intergenerational healing. Um, what that means to me is being intentional about not passing on harmful, hurtful, um, traumatizing behaviors including like the little comments we tell kids, you know, or um, the silencing of our expression and our emotions, which is something I experienced as a child, you know, being told Same. you're too loud, you're too much, be quiet, you're being too dramatic, you're, you know, you're too much of yourself, essentially. Um, and so, <laughs> and so. Um, I don't mean to laugh, but yeah. it's been a common theme in everyone that we've talked to, you know. Yeah. Like, Everyone's like, callate. Mm -hmm. Especially but, as women, you yeah. know, especially as femmes. 
um, especially as brown, you know, indigenous Latinx women, you know, we're told to just kind of go over there, be quiet, look pretty, you know, don't be ugly, don't be fat. Don't yeah. don't be loud. Just be quiet and don't cause any problems, you know. Yeah. But the reality is that's not who we are. No. <laughs> Look at us with our crowns and our, <laughs> our fashion. Right. Yeah. So um, so intergenerational healing to me has become a foundation in my life and in my family. And so um, a couple years ago in 2015, my brother passed away unexpectedly. And with his death came all these different transitions that my family was not prepared for, including um, my mom's retirement. Like they used to live together and she was living in the house that he died in. It was just a lot of unexpected emotional transitions that we were all going through. So my mom actually moved in with me and my daughter in our small two bedroom unit. And during that time, we were just facing each other's traumas head on. You know, we were forced to like really see the shadow sides of each other. And that's where um, the inspiration be behind the song Mother came was I needed to express what I was feeling. I was feeling trapped like I was a kid again back living with my parents facing all the hard stuff that we had gone through. Um, you know, the little comments and the, the like the the harmful things that we encounter with parents sometimes who are not emotionally intelligent. And so... I wrote the song with my daughter, Corey. Um, it's essentially, it's the voice of three generations in our family. So the first verse is from my mom's perspective, talking to her mother. And it talks about how she didn't really experience love from her mom because she had to, they were trying to survive. They were trying to get by. You know, they didn't really have much, but they had just enough to, to get by. But there was no affection, no cariño, you know? There was just like... No love. Yeah. And so as a result, my mom, the second verse is me talking to my mom, mm -hmm. saying like the same thing. Like, you couldn't teach me how to love. You you know, we weren't allowed to. There was so much domestic violence happening in our home. We didn't have the space for that. And then the third verse is my daughter's voice, who basically says like, mom, you're the one who's who's going to do the work to love yourself more so that I can learn to love myself and we can make this change. Wow, that really resonates with me because, you know, I did hear the song. I saw you perform it. I listened to it live. And the whole time I was thinking about my mom and how beautiful and how painful it's been in this journey because she had the same experience as your mom and and you know as i'm growing as i'm evolving as i'm surrounded by more women like you that are constantly working on themselves you know I, i'm looking out for constant inspiration and strength because you know i want to help my mom get to a point where she feels like i do you know confident loved giving and and she's full of fear so that song, you know, when I heard you singing it and I saw you so beautiful, so goddess-like, so powerful, you know, it moved me. And and I'm rooting for you, you know, and I appreciate you coming yeah. Yeah. And, and sharing with us. So you're, so you're a surrogate, you're a doula, you're a singer, songwriter. You're also part of the Corner House. 
Yeah. Part of a band with all these boys, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I love. And you're leading along with Chelo Azu. And, and I just think, man, this woman is so busy. What other projects have you taken on? Well, um, lately I've been really tapping into my sensuality and really trying to heal the relationship I have with my body. And so... In the Tell us about that. Okay. That relationship. There was obviously a bad relationship before. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, I grew up, I was the baby of the family. I was kind of always the one that got punked and made fun of and, you know, for being kind of a goofy kid and all kinds of things. Even in my um, adolescence, like, you know, I was never like one of the pretty girls that the boys always liked. You know, I was like the tall girl who always stood in the back of the line who, you know didn't get much attention. And um, in my adulthood, I realized that it wasn't that I wasn't attractive. It was that, number one, I I wasn't, I didn't believe in my own, my own um, beauty. You know, I didn't see my own beauty because I wasn't being shown that in the content I was consuming. So I never saw people who looked like me in movies or shows or you know, models, it was, you know, we have these like beauty standards that we're fed that don't look anything like most of us. <laughs> yeah, that are fake. <laughs> exactly. And so um, it wasn't until I started to kind of unlearn that programming and choose to see the parts of myself that I feel are beautiful, uh, that I, I started to change that perspective. And then When I started stepping into that more, putting a little bit more care into my body, you know, taking better care of myself, whether it's like the foods that I'm putting into my body or the hydration, drinking lots of water or moving, you know, right now I'm really, really, um, I'm really hooked on my morning ritual. I saw it. Because I, yeah. I can't function unless I check in with myself first. So you what, do your yoga, right? I do yoga every morning. I do meditation every morning. I write, I journal. Um, I just really take intentional time to check in with myself and see like, what am I feeling? You know? And it's, I realize it's a privilege to be able to do that because so many of us, we wake up and we're, we're on the job, you know, but I've really chosen to be intentional about giving myself about living a life that allows me to check in with myself to make sure I'm okay before I start serving others, before I start, you know, expelling energy for others. I have to check in with myself and pour into myself first. So, um, so yeah, that's what that's looked like for me is just like really checking in with my body, moving my body. And what I found is that the more that I move my body, the more creative energy I cultivate you know I, I kind of stir it up and then by sharing that publicly on Instagram or when people are when I'm out and about you know people will come up to me and be like oh my god like I like your outfit you mm -hmm. know I wish a lot of the one I get a lot is like I wish I could wear something like that and I'm like well who's to say you can't you know it doesn't matter what kind of body you have it matters how you feel when you put something on if you're comfortable or not and that's really what my my mission has been to, to just be comfortable, to just wear things that make me feel good and make me feel comfortable. And you're obviously, I, I mean, I see your fashion. I'm always like, what is she wearing today? <laughs> <laughs> and I see that your, your fashion is sexy. I saw you perform in Long Beach with the Corner House and you were wearing fishnets and little boy shorts and like big clunky black 
boots and your hair and your crown and like I was wow you know, this girl's freaking sexy and you were strutting your stuff with such great confidence which is you know it, it, I know it's challenging for someone who's not a performer who can't see themselves doing that but you do it so easily so so confidently tell me about that you know so you worked on your confidence he told me but all these rituals but what has the experience been like I realized that I've always been a performer since I was a kid. I was that kid who would like get together with my cousins and put on like shows in the living room for our parents. And you know, when kids are little, the adults, they they welcome that, they support it. You know, they're like, oh, how cute, they're being so cute. But as you become a teenager, as you start to attract the attention of men, you know, that that uh, motivation to do to be seen kind of diminishes especially if we're being sexualized at an early age. And so I definitely like turned that off as I became a teenager and adolescent. That doesn't mean I wasn't sexual because I think we all come into the world as sexual yeah. beings. As soon as we're babies, we learn how to find our body parts and we're exploring, you know. Um, it isn't until somebody tells you like, don't do that. That's shameful that you realize like, oh, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't do that, you know. Um, and so it's been really challenging, but also really rewarding to put myself out there in that way because the sexuality of it all is who I am. I just didn't embrace it before. It doesn't mean it wasn't there. It just means that I was kind of trying to hide it. But the, the way that I see it now is like, how am I going to hide all of this? You know, <laughs> like, where is it supposed to go? And I don't want to anymore. I don't want to hide anymore. And what I found is that the more that I put myself out there, whether it's with my outfits or with my dance moves or, you know, whatever I'm bringing to the stage, it shows other people that they can do that too. It doesn't matter what kind of body you are in. If you feel good about yourself, it shows. You're, you're definitely a fashionista, activista. I see a lot of love and care and, and, and a lot of power in how you present yourself and like if famous singer once said, you know, lo que se ve no se pregunta, you know, what you see, you know, you don't have to ask when you see it right in front of you. And that's what you present. You come across as a beautiful, powerful, grandiosa, sexy, entertainer, performing, loving, spiritual. You embody that. And I see it every time that I see you. And it's been so amazing getting to know you, not just with you, not just observing you, but even what others are saying about you. So thank you for that. Thank you for putting yourself out there because you putting yourself out there has empowered me and many of the women that we're working with at the Goddess Mercado. You know, I'm very grateful for you because you are a volunteer. You know, we're a nonprofit. We're still volunteers. We're not getting paid, but we're trying to build com a community of vendors, entrepreneurs, artists. We're trying to elevate our space And you've certainly done an amazing job, you know, at the Goddess Mercado by elevating us. What do you like the most about the Goddess Mercado? I love the community. I feel like the feminine energy is so palpable there, you know, like you're just walking into a space full of powerful, hardworking, gorgeous women yes. who are like, Like they know their power, you know, they, they bring it with them. They set it up. They are there to showcase who they are and what they believe. And 
and what their creative ideas have helped them bring into the world, you know? So, yeah, it's like, it's like birth work, you know? It's like creation. We're creating something and you can feel that when you're there. And there's just this like sense of sisterhood that right. I feel like you can't really find anywhere else. Thank you for that. Yeah. I see that. I feel that too. They're all goddesses. Yeah. And now you're also going to start vending you and your daughter. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that because I know you're also working on empowering youth yourself. Yes. Yeah. Um, so my daughter's 10 and she's an entrepreneur herself. She During the pandemic, she started a company um, making little tooth pillows for the tooth fairy. So like it's a little pillow with a little pocket that you put your tooth in to, to put under your pillow. And that was her first project. But then she evolved into doing like clay earrings and all kinds of other things. So this last Goddess Mercado, she had her booth set up making earrings and I'm she made some sales, which was amazing. That's good for her. And it's, it's really inspired us to talk to other youth who want to start businesses and kind of show them like you don't have to wait until you're an adult to follow your dreams you can do it now if there's something you want and you have a skill that you enjoy working on why not make some extra money and do things for yourself that you know you can buy things you want or do things that you want without worrying about money you know like uh, kind of teaching them early how to manage money too and how to show up with their booth and and kind of talk about their products with confidence. It's a it's a learning process, you know. So we're just getting started with that, but I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I'm excited that you're tapping into your daughter's strengths. That you know, when we were growing up, maybe we were shut down. Eso no se va a vender because a tooth pillow. I don't need what I don't need a tooth pillow. I already lost all my teeth. You know, like my son already. But you're encouraging her and then there's a market for that and and she's trying things and she's taking risks and she's putting herself out there and that's training her to overcome all obstacles that are going to be presented to to her because that's what happens in the future so i i love that you're doing that for your daughter and i see her doing even more powerful and amazing things that what you have done and that's that's so beautiful you are you know a goddess mother so now with everything that you're doing, all your projects, with your daughter, with, with helping care for your mother, with, you know, your full-time job that you're transitioning from, you know, I know that, that even as a goddess leader, as a healer, you have moments of doubts. You know, we talked about this before. And I call those huevona days, which I'm not talking about being lazy. You know, I'm talking about those days where you, 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 you doubt yourself. Or you question yourself or your journey and you, you think, am I really doing the right thing? Because we all go through that. How do you talk yourself out of that? How do you get out of that mindset, that Wevona mindset, to continue working on, on you? Mm -hmm. So I have two things that I do that I turn to when I have those days. The first one is voice journaling. So it's something that I started doing a few years ago when I had felt really disconnected from myself, I, I had just gotten out of a relationship and I felt like I had become someone else to satisfy my partner, you know? And so I started voice journaling just on the voice memos app on my phone, just talking to myself, just airing out, you know, what I needed That's to cool. air out. Okay. Yeah. And what I'll do on those days is I'll like listen back to my recording so I can see how far I've come. So I can see like, 
where I've been and where I'm going. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. So that's one practice that I do. And then another one is I like to save positive affirmations that other people give me and save them on a note on, in my phone. So whether it's like a comment that re- was really touching on my Instagram or a text that someone sent me saying how inspirational my work is to them and what it's done for them, whatever it is, like any anytime I get a positive affirmation for what I'm doing, I'll screenshot it and put it in this note so that when I have those days of doubt, I just go back and look at all these other people who have confirmed that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, even though sometimes the self-doubt still kicks in. You definitely are. So what have you noticed in going back and and listening to those voice voice notes? What have you noticed about you? What is like a theme or or something reoccurring or, or how have you evolved? I think what I've observed the most is that I haven't fully expressed myself publicly yet. There's still like parts of me that I'm holding back and I'm excited to continue the work so that I can fully embody my true self because there's still so much more to come, you know, and um, little by little, you know, it it takes time because like, like I said, I'm, I'm actively healing myself right now. So that includes unlearning toxic and harmful programming that I was raised with, whether it was through you know, religion or upbringing or being teased as a kid, you know, what have you. Um, And I think the more I shed those layers, the more that my true self will will truly shine. So I'm excited. It's shining, girl. You're you're blinding me. (laughs) (laughs) But let me share with you an affirmation that I want you to include in your notes so that you know that you're hermosa, jugosa, divina, preciosa, poderosa, and your presence is elevating our market. Thank you so much for sharing so much with us. I look forward to hearing you sing and entertain us. It's magical. Te adoro. Thank you. Thank you. So, oh my God, I'm a chillona. So, if you want to find Danelia Arichega, Arechiga, Arechiga, you have to come to the Goddess Mercado on the second Saturday of every month. She's also at the Queer Mercado with the Corner House the third Saturday of every month. Be sure to follow us and promote her. And you can reach out to her. Danelia, you want to sh- share with everyone where we can find you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at the multidimensional mommy. The mami is spelled M-A-M-I. And you can also visit my website at daneliaarechiga.com. And you can also listen to my podcast. I have a podcast um, everywhere that podcasts stream. It's called The Embodiment Project. So check that out as well. And thanks again, Danelia, for sharing your journey and for inspiring and giving us so much love today. We love you. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.